from Television City in Hollywood. Hey, man! I'm your pre-owned. I don't fool with no horses, boy. He's a habitual line stepper. Any savage at all, your mustache is crooked. Come on, man. What are we doing out there, man? What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Oh, my good, goodness gracious! Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. I demand the hour, demand the power, to speak to me, sour! Plausibly live, but recorded in parts. From the rolling hills of Saratoga County, New York, it's the one, the only, Keep It To Yourself podcast. And now, here's your host, Jason Bullock. I have no idea who he is, but he was dug and dug. All right, that's enough, Morgan. Hooray, hooray, it's opening day, at least when I record this anyway. Welcome to the 129th episode of the Old Kitty Pod. I'm coming to you on Thursday, July 15th, 2021. It is opening day of the 2021 meet at the historic and beautiful Saratoga Racecourse in my beloved hometown of Saratoga Springs, New York. I'm going to be headed there later today. Brave the heat, humidity, and for the first time in two years, the crowds. As you may recall, or as it's become obvious to you, there were no fans at all during the 2020 meet, which was strange and sad both at the same time. But the fact that people are going to be let in at all in 2021 is a miracle in and of itself. I will recall the bad bets and the scene in the next episode. But this is also a special occasion because, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in 2021, the first time in a good long while, we have a guest. I know. I'm going to give you a moment to let you cool down off of that whole thing. Your mind's been blown so sky high. It's just unbelievable. Okay, you calm down now? You set? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, an old friend of mine whom I have not spoken in two decades, if you can also believe that, by that, by anything, my dear. This person is Jen Lounsbury. We were high school students. We know each other a little further than that. We'll get into it in the interview. She is currently working as a forensic psychologist in Houston, Texas. You're going to hear that interview later on in the show. But first, before we get into all that, let's get to our social medias. It's a best bet. You'll be able to find me on Twitter at keep underscore podcast. My civilian Instagram is Jason underscore 51838. The Aspergian Jet Set Lifestyle is on display on that IG feed. And there's also the Keep It To Yourself Facebook page where you'll find new episodes of this and my sister podcast, CR Crime. And speaking of which, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag here, take it behind the scenes. Ladies and gentlemen, you are going to be listening to Podcasting History as this is going to be the first ever crossover episode between the Keep It To Yourself podcast and my true crime podcast called CR Crime, which tells tales of true crime as they happen right here in New York's capital region. So hopefully you are looking forward to that. I apologize for not having any fresh content or too little of it on the latter front for a while. I started this podcast as I was laid off and put on lockdown during the pandemic. I needed something to occupy the hours, and this was it. And like this podcast, I was doing it just about every week in a regular clip. Then life intervened, and I just stopped doing it as frequently. It takes a lot of time to put these podcasts together, especially a true crime podcast where you're doing the research, typing up the script, recording. It is a very involved process. 
but it's fun. I'm not here to discredit one bit. So Jan Lonsberry will be coming up pretty soon, or Lounsbury, or however she pronounced her name. Sorry, Jen, if you're listening. I hope you will forgive me for that. Not much in the vanity department to share before we get underway with this episode, but the old saying goes, quality is more important than quantity. But there's one big thing that happened. My dad was set to come home. I was going to have to contend with two almost but not quite rambunctious granddaughters on my dad's companion's part. But early Tuesday evening, my dad had developed some pain in his stomach. It was rather serious, at least on first glance anyway. So much so that my dad had to be taken to this former hospital turned 24-hour emergency care clinic. Which, and there's a movement afoot to bring it back to hospital status. It hasn't gotten any ground just yet. But given what would happen later on, nothing serious, once again, I should point out. He was taken to the Berkshire Medical Center in Pittsfield, Mass. And he had been there since Tuesday. And I was informed just hours ago as I record this that he would be discharged later today. I don't really want to describe what he had or the result. Okay, he had a little, turns out he had a little bowel obstruction. And somehow things got better. And so much so that he's going to be discharged later today. So for that, I am the most grateful. So there you have it right there. So on that note, we're going to go to Jason's Sports Corner right now. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, there we go. Okay, well, I just started recording here, ladies and gentlemen, on both the Keep It To Yourself podcast and CR Crime, True Tales of True Crime from the Earth's Capital Region. And are they true or not? Who knows? They mostly are. Join me as an old classmate of mine who graduated, if you can believe this, 20 years ago. And I know she's shaking her head if you can see this. Uh, she's a good friend of mine. Her name is Jen Lonsbury. Welcome to both the podcasts I just mentioned. Hi, thanks for having me. Ah, thanks too, man. So I appreciate it. Well, I want to get started. Like, um, we know each other from back in the day. We were high school classmates, but we go back a little further than that. If you could care to explain. Oh, gosh. What did we meet? Middle school? Yeah, something like that. But I can recall your father uh, had uh, catechism class Tuesday nights at his house. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I totally forgot all about that. You're absolutely right. He did. Yeah, we were in seventh grade um, when that happened. I was right around, I think it grew up around Lake Elizabeth, if I'm not mistaken. I'm a Wilton boy myself. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, we were on um, just down the road from Lake Elizabeth, actually. So, but yeah, yeah, you're right. I totally forgot all about those nights. But yes, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I kind of forgot about them too, but uh, there you go, right there. Better memory than me. <laughs> <laughs> so, grew up in Saratoga. You lived there your whole life up until um, uh, we graduated. Yes, uh, and then I went to um, Utica and went to Utica College. Lived with my grandparents for the four years I was there. Oh man, that's gonna be interesting being a community student with that type of a setup. Yeah, it was when you live with your parents during your college days, it's another thing when you live with your grandparents. It was it was an interesting experience for sure. And um, you know, I, I played field hockey, I was in chemistry, uh, was my major. Um, so it was it was interesting to live the commuter life, but also be involved in the school in terms of the sports and you know, going to chemistry classes and stuff like that. So Oh yeah. Well, speaking of Utica College, the person to whom you're speaking right now was once a uh, was admitted to Utica College when he was looking at schools back in the day. It's a great school. That. Yeah, it's a great school. I was accepted, but here's the one caveat compared to the other schools and eventually the one that I eventually went to. They said, "All right, you've been accepted. That's the good news. Here's the bad news, because they were still tied with Syracuse University as far as uh, academic standards went." If I have been said, all right, I'll see you in the fall. I've been I've been on academic probation, so I mean, I would I would be in a hole the minute I set foot in Tomato Pie Country. Let me tell you. Oh wow! Good, good luck getting yourself out of the hole there, bud. Yeah, they they are completely separate now, but you're right, they were tied with Syracuse back then. Yeah, plus mm -hmm. I didn't give Utica much. I'm like the campus was great, but I really didn't like the town. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean it's a, it was a, it, it was, and I, it's not really anymore, but it was a dying industrial town on the Mohawk uh, River, right? Be Erie and the Erie Canal. Yeah. And when all those industries shut down, all the jobs left and all the workers left. And so it kind of died. It's, it's definitely on the rebound now. So if you ever have a chance to go, especially with the college and all the stuff they do for the community. And yep. um, if you ever get a chance to go back, there are definitely revitalizing some of the areas and renovating things. And it's, it's on the upswing again, for sure. Yeah, I've seen the Utica skyline right from the throughway. You got to really crane your neck out for them. And that's mm -hmm. not the turning stone, but that's a whole other story. I mean, you got the refugees there like Bosnians and, Myanmar and all these other countries, the former Burma and all that, they really helped the town. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yes. I think, I think, like, didn't Utica play Castleton one year? I think this is the weirdest. We did. Yeah. Um, I think I saw you at one game. I never stopped over and said, Hey, Jen, how you doing? I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't actually remember if it was hockey or lacrosse because I did play one season of lacrosse there. And I, and then, I can't remember because we went to Castleton. Like we went yeah, to. Cross team is among the uh, best in the school. Yes, but I don't, I, I really don't remember if it was field hockey or lacrosse. <laughs> it was so long ago. So I can. It just, was very, very long ago. <laughs> or away it seems. All right. Well, what made you decide into getting into forensic psychology? That must have been an interesting field in which to, you know, try and get a foothold in. Uh, well, I'm actually in forensic science. Uh, I'm a trace evidence analyst. So I look at things like hairs and fibers, shoe and tire impressions, um, paint, uh, tape, physical matches, and lamp filaments. Wow. Wee. So this uh, us helps out you know, for the uninitiated, and you can throw me in that pile. This would be like helping to solve crimes, like determine victims or anything like that? Um, it's more about creating links. Uh, for the investigators. So there's a principle that forensic science is centered around called the low card exchange principle. 
which states that uh, anytime two objects come into contact, they exchange material. Oh, yeah. Now, it could be a lot of material, as in like a car accident, you might get some paint transfer, or it could be a little bit of material. Like if I touch a doorknob, I might leave some DNA behind. Yeah, you still don't um, leave fingerprints. I mean, I thought when I came to, when I first saw like solving crimes, like, wow, it's more than just dust for fingerprints. That's old school stuff. Now you throw like DNA and biometrics and all that. It's probably a lot more sophisticated now than even back in the day. Oh, there's even, I mean, trace evidence is just such a small part of all of the different types of forensics that can be done. Um, all that forensic means is using your expert knowledge in a court of law. Um, so any discipline that you can think of can be forensic at some point, just depending on the circumstances. Oh, yeah. So evidence certainly goes into a court case. That Absolutely. And so I've been using cases up here, too. I can't think of any examples off the top of my head. So... Um, so uh, I don't know if there's any notable or memorable cases, if you're at any liberty to um, divulge any of that that you remember, or maybe just had so many, it's like, eh, I probably just won't answer this question. I don't blame you if you don't. Um, so I've been doing this about eight years now. Um, I don't know that I have anything notable. Um, I probably worked about, oh, maybe seven or 800-ish cases at this point in my career. Um, my favorite type of case to work are the uh, hit and runs because you get a mountain of evidence. Um, oh yeah. Um, besides DNA, because it doesn't always necessarily transfer, but you always get paint. You might get glass. You might get plastic. You might have a physical match. You might have hair. Um, so I always enjoy working those kinds of cases. Now, when hit and run, we mean like when a car hits a pedestrian and just take and just keeps going. Correct. Yeah. Not like when a car hits another car, like, you know, like, like that. Just... I mean, I, I work those kinds of cases as well. Um, those typically end up just being either paint transfers or uh, plastic transfers. But mm -hmm. yeah, I was uh, referring to hit and runs when it's auto versus pedestrian or auto versus um, bicycle or auto versus motorcycle. Oh, yeah. So you work with like whether one car involves another car or uh, sadly a car strikes a pedestrian or a whole group of people. And then, you know, that's yeah. the end of the ball game for them. Correct. Yeah. So I live in Houston, um, mm. which is very large and very flat. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of um, trucks because we're a very industrial town with a lot mm. of greenery and people that work and construction and things like that. So there's a lot of trucks on the road and there's not really a whole lot of public transport. Um, yeah. So as a result, we have a lot of drunk drivers. Oh, um, yeah. So Texas there ends up being a lot state. of hit and runs. Texas mm -hmm. is a big drinking state from what I recall. Yep. Yep, Houston's one of them. Houston's one of those towns here. I'm gonna shut my phone off. Sorry. That's all right. All right. Um, so living out in Houston, I mean, I was just gonna get to that, but before we do, I mean, you must have had to get some advanced education to get in forensic psychology. Studying chemistry at Utica College was only the start, if I had to imagine that. Uh, that's correct. So yeah, I, I so I graduated with my bachelor's uh, from Utica in 2005. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to West Haven, Connecticut and got my master's in forensic science from the University of New Haven in 2007. Oh, you went and from like to like B2, I guess. Say that again? You went from like division three in the NCAA to division two. You were just going up and up. <laughs> well, then I went to a division one school, um, but I was, my hockey days are, I had used all my NCAA eligibility at Utica, mm -hmm. so. Um, but then I went to the University of Virginia in Charlottesville and oh, yeah. where I did my PhD in chemistry and graduated there in 2012. 
So uh, are you addressed as Dr. Jen Lonsberry now or? I am, yeah. Okay, so should I call you doctor or I can just call you Jen? That's all, the cat just <laughs> walked across yeah. the screen, made a cameo appearance. She did. <laughs> yeah. I wish you could have uh, seen this, folks. <laughs> What's the cat's name if I had to, if I should ask? Her name is Fiona. Oh, Fiona. Hi, Fiona. Thanks for making a little cameo appearance here. Yeah, she doesn't like it when I sit at this table because she can't sit on my lap. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, well. I was going to get into life in Houston, Texas, speaking of University of Virginia, wahoo wah on that whole deal. But exactly. Um, so from New York to Connecticut to Virginia to the Lone Star State, how has Houston been treating you? I know you had some uh, rough weather earlier this year with the snow and the ice and all the mayhem and whatnot that uh, brought it about. Uh, yeah, so Houston's been great. As I mentioned, I've been here for uh, eight years this past May. Um, I was not expecting to move west of the Mississippi, honestly. Um, but this was one of the first jobs that I applied for. And thankfully, um, they picked me. I must have interviewed all right. <laughs> you must have um, the interview process, that's for sure. Yeah, and it's been great. I've gotten a whole bunch of experience. Um, we did have a crime scene team for a while, so I was able to go to crime scenes and get, get some experience there. Mm -hmm. um, I bought a house. Um, as you mentioned, <laughs> just this past February, we had the deep freeze uh, down here in Texas and my house lost power for 36 hours. Oh, and, damn. wow. Mm -hmm, and I ended up having 20 burst pipes. Um, but thankfully, because the water was frozen in the pipes, I don't actually have any water damage except for a few water spots. Okay, um, so take it. So in the main, you figured out, well, it was a bummer having uh, no electricity or anything like that for like a day and a half, but on balance, I think you fared pretty well compared to most everyone. Com compared stuff. to some, I definitely lucked out. Um, I had, I didn't have water for about probably three weeks. Whoa, um, yeah, longer than you were without power. Jeez. Yeah, well, yeah, everybody, all the plumbers were busy, right? It was very, everyone had burst so, pipes. Yeah. Um, the yeah. way that Houston is set up, the water table is so high, there's no basements. So the plumbing doesn't go into the basement, it goes into your attic. So if you have oh. a burst pipe, it destroys your ceiling and then the water drops onto your floor and your kitchen and whatever. So a lot of people had a lot of house damage that way. So well, Fiona just walked back. I think she's like, yeah, I lived through it there. I know what you're talking about. She did, yeah. So, well, you you played field hockey in high school, I'm willing to bet. I did, yes, four years. Yeah. Well, two on two on JV, two on varsity. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, so probably like what junior year you decided to go go out for the varsity, to get promoted, or what, how did that work? Yep, I think I don't remember exactly how Saratoga has it, but I think once you hit eleventh grade, you're not allowed to be on JV anymore. I, yeah, I don't know. I actually don't remember, but yeah, they probably think you're a ringer eleventh grade. What's he still doing in the frost? Can get him? Get him in the yeah. So yeah, so I played two years JV, two years varsity. Mm -hmm. I has we had some mutual friends who played field hockey from uh, what I recall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch of them on the Facebook page. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to those people. All right. So life in Houston, Texas. I mean, did you ever work with like the Texas Rangers? And I don't mean the baseball team. I mean, the, uh, the law enforcement agency of the same name. Absolutely. So I work for the Texas Department of Public Safety and the Rangers are under that umbrella. Um, so we work very closely with them and the Texas Highway Patrol. Uh, among all the other state agencies, or um, I'm sorry, uh, local agencies. So the county sheriff's offices, the local PDs, things like that. Yeah, statewide. So, uh, oh, they probably don't wear half like these. I apologize if this is too small. 
<laughs> that's okay. My cowboy hat's out in the in the cupboard in the closet over there. So, but well, yeah, no. We've been around for years. Don't worry about it. We had one of the earliest cases of forensic psychology was when we saw a white person, that one that got on a wagon train. Unfortunately, he was killed by the Mormons who was dressed like Indians. It was really insane. I tell you. I had a thought on my mind. It went so better. That's <laughs> uh, okay. I liked it. So. I, need, I need. I had that cowboy prop yeah. as a prop ready to go. It's the wild, wild west. You came to the right place, my man. Get ready. Here we go. New shit. You're very gracious with your time. Your cat's probably getting impatient. He made two passes while we were talking here. And, well, we're going to do like a little personal question right here. Okay. Kind of rapid fire, and then I'll let you get back to life in H-Town. Okay. A little personal question here. Your favorite film of all time is? Oh, my gosh. Um, I, I, oh, I have so many. <laughs> um, I mean, I love the MCU, so I love every movie oh, in there. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, huh? Mm-hmm. I love Mel Brooks films, so I love Spaceballs, oh, yeah, Men in Tights, yeah, Blazing Saddles, right. Young Frankenstein, The Producers. Well, Cowboy um, Hat again for Blazing Saddles. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. My head. I don't know why I did this. Anyway, oh uh, yeah, favorite television show of all time, not program. Of all time is The X-Files. Oh yeah, this, one, this probably led you to go into forensic psychology and all that, even though they were dealing with like aliens and that. I mean, a little bit. It was more, um, so when I entered college, uh, CSI had just come out, that TV oh, show. Yeah. And that's what made me go into forensic science, yeah. Oh yeah, you probably had like David Caruso just uh, flipping off the tiniest pair of sunglasses in the history of ever. <laughs> saying some fun and like then the who comes out. Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, favorite, uh, not painter or anything like that. I say artist, I mean musical artist, not like painter like Michelangelo and that. Favorite artist? Like musical or singer, band, whomever. Oh, I mean, I have a weird eclectic musical taste. So I love musicals. So I love all the show tunes. Um, but I recently saw, like before the pandemic, uh, the last concert I saw was Celine Dion in concert. Oh. Yeah, she was amazing. I bet she was. Well, you mentioned show tunes earlier. This dovetails beautifully in my next question. Your favorite Broadway play of all time? Because what I've seen on Facebook, not to get personal, you love seeing yourself some Broadway shows. Uh, yeah, I have season uh, seasons tickets to uh, the, the program that's down here in Houston, both of them. My <laughs> favorite show of all time? Ooh, it's probably, probably Wicked. Oh, um, yeah. Very closely by Hamilton. Followed very closely by Something Rotten. Followed very closely by The Play That Goes Wrong. <laughs> Followed very closely by The Lion King, and I have, I mean, I love them all. <laughs> I see it. I saw, I mean, before we uh, did the interview here, I saw your, uh, what you're going to be looking to see this year. You got some heavy hitters down there in Houston for the uh, Rock of Ages, Sister Act, Disney's Little Mermaid, mm -hmm. South Pacific, Come From Away, and Jersey Boys. I've heard about all of them. Mm -hmm. Yep, and I've seen three of them, I think. I haven't seen Rock of Ages or Sister Act or South Pacific, but I, yeah, I've seen the other ones. 
I, well, I've seen two plays on Broadway. One of first of which I saw in high school was Footloose. Mm-hmm. And the second one, I was a freshman in college. We went to state of New York for the weekend and saw the Saturday matinee of Noises Off. Oh, and excellent. It was, it was a revival with uh, Richard Gallagher and Ida Lupino. And oddly enough, I've also volunteered at a theater group many, many years back, Homemade Theater up in Saratoga. Oh, yeah. Great. Noises Off was the last play of the season, too. Mm-hmm. I remember trying out for the cast. Didn't get the part, though. I was like, volunteer. I'm like, well, I'm going to get in on this. <laughs> Yeah, I was in State Fair, too, so saw two shows on Broadway, participated in a Broadway play, and saw some more at Homemade Theater. Excellent. That's my Love the theater. Support the arts. That's right, especially in these times. All right, oh, get yeah. Broadway. Your favorite drink, alcoholic, non-alcoholic, yeah, runs the gamut. Uh, favorite alcoholic drink? Um, well, if I'm going for cocktails, probably a Long Island iced tea. If there I'm just, just doing one, it's just going to be a Jack and Coke or a rum and Coke. And then my favorite non-alcoholic is tea of any kind, black tea, green tea, iced tea. All right. Well, okay. We're um, getting into philosophical territory here. Uh, If you can think back that far, high school or college, what's the great one memory that sticks out in your mind all these years later? I know it's a long time ago, but. Yeah, my gosh. I mean, all of my memories from high school and college revolve around field hockey. (laughs) So All All the games you played. All the games I've played, um, certain games stick out with certain saves that I made, certain well, you're results. A goal, you're a goalkeeper in the in field hockey? I am a goalkeeper, yeah. So I don't know if I can pick just one, but just I guess the memories of just playing with my teammates and every win, every loss, you know, is, is always a good memory to go back to. Yep, and you still play, it looks like you still play field hockey. Do you still do that to this very day? I do still play to this very day. In fact, um, last January, I tried out for and made the over 35 uh, USA Women's Masters squad. Oh, good for you. Congratulations. Thank you. All right. Well, speaking of high school, uh, if you had it to do all over again, what, if anything, would you change about your high school experience? <laughs> um, well... I would have come out earlier. <laughs> oh, like, would have, oh, yeah, you came out as uh, LGBT? Yeah, but not until my 30, yeah, 30s. I would have come out much earlier. Um, it would have made things a bit different in co- college because I wouldn't have felt so secluded, I guess, maybe. Um, but, yeah, I definitely, if I could go back and change one thing, it would be to come out earlier. Oh, yeah, well. I had a, this hits close to home because I had a cousin of mine come out as a member of the LGBT community just uh, fairly recently. One of my cousins, you know, works at. It's the- hard to do. It's very scary. Um, I even when I did come out, I was terrified of. I mean, I know my family is supported, but there's just that little voice in the back of your brain that is like, "Well, what if they reject you because it's wrong, or they don't believe in it, or whatever?" and but thankfully, my family, my friends are all super supportive. And um, I had didn't, I'm one of the lucky ones that didn't have a struggle with that. Oh, yeah. That's good news to hear. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Biggest life lesson learned from field hockey. I know you play sports and they teach you all sorts of life lessons. But what's the one thing that you got out of it in terms of life lessons? Well, as we've mentioned, um, I'm a goalkeeper and the, your job as a goalkeeper is to prevent the goals from being scored. But when a goal goes in, the biggest thing I've learned is you've got to 
put that in the past and focus on the next save. There's nothing you can do about what happened. Only thing you can focus on and the only thing that you can control is what's going to happen next. Um, so I've used that throughout the entirety of my life and tried not to let mistakes or failures negatively impact me in the long run. Oh, there you go right there. All right, and this is, all right, two more and then I'll, uh, we'll wrap it up here. Your all source right. of greatest inspiration in your life. Oh, that one's easy. Uh, my parents, uh, yeah. they're just, they're just so humble and generous and kind um, and smart. And they just are two of the greatest people uh, that I was lucky enough to be their daughter. Um, and they constantly provided support. Even when I was thinking of quitting my PhD, uh, you know, they were right there. No matter, they were going to support me no matter what I decided to do. Um, they've supported me moving to Houston. They've supported me going into forensics. They've supported me playing hockey. You know, they've just been so great. So th that's an easy question. Definitely my parents. All right. Don't laugh here. All right. One last one. And then we'll wrap up here. Advice to your younger self. I mean, I mean 20 years ago, we graduated, obviously you're getting ready to start out in the world. If you 20 years from now in 2021 had to write a letter to yourself in 2001, what would it say? Uh, don't hold back. Don't, don't, don't wait for things to happen for you. Make them happen. And, uh, just you're on the right path and just keep moving forward with every day. All right. Well, there you go right there. I guess that's a good place to uh, wrap it up. Jen, I want to say thank you for talking here on both the keep it to yourself podcast and CR crime. I wish you the very best and I'm sorry we couldn't meet, uh, face to face, uh, several weeks ago. Uh, that sort of thing happens, and I will um, say thank you from here. We'll sign off. All right. Thank you so much for having me. All right. You're welcome. Take care. All right, folks. Hope you enjoyed that interview, and thanks again to Jen Lounsbury for her appearance on this episode today and the CR Crime episode, too. This was a crossover app, as I stated earlier. On to podcast shout-outs now. We're going to start with Greens from Allentown back after a two-week absence. Peter Winston gave his take on an episode of World Class Championship Wrestling. We went to the old Sportatorium down there in Dallas, Texas, and the main event was Ric Flair. Woo! The Nature Boy, the traveling NWA World Champion, went down to Big D to take on Terry Bam Bam Gordy in the main event of the WCCW show. That could be its own radio or TV station. From January 19th, 1985, I already mentioned the most recent episode of GFA Live. That usually drops on the weekends with Peter Winston and Keith Langston. The sportscasters came back after some absence as well. Steve Bennett talked to Jimmy Trina of SI.com and Pete Corrado, who talked about his book on how the NBA went from tape delay games to going live back in the 80s. So that's a great interview. You want to listen to that. The Loyal Littles podcast, talking to Dan Hammock as we steamroll toward the Summer of Littles on August 7th. I am one of two co-hosts for the event at the Saratoga Racecourse, aforementioned. I mentioned it twice now in this episode, or three times, I think. I'll be head up there later today as I established in the open, and I'll be up there again on the day of the Whitney Handicap, August 7th, which is when our Summer of Littles meetup will take place. You think it's going to be crowded today on opening day? Hashimashi, oh, it'll be the same in about three weeks' time. So looking forward to that. 
the Break It Down Show with Pete A. Turner. Lots of great episodes available on their podcast and their YouTube channel, Too Many to Mention at this point, or either that or I cannot remember offhand. I usually have my notes in front of me. As for this podcast, you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcatcher of choice. If said podcatcher has review or rating capabilities, give me a five-star rating and a good write-up. That will certainly help me out, especially with Apple Podcasts. We want to keep growing this thing. And one way you can do that is tell your friends. Tell those in your inner circle. Tell your enemies. Hell, I don't give a shit. Let's grow this thing in 2021. So thanks for your support in advance of all that. And with that out the way, we bring to an end this episode of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, the 129th in the series. My thanks again to Jen Lounsbury for her appearance on this and my sister podcast, TR Crime. As I've mentioned three times already, this was a crossover app, and hopefully there'll be more in the future. So as for now, I thank you for listening. I never take the audience for granted, never have, never will. I'll catch you on the next one, whenever that may be. And as always, and above all else, wait for it. Wait for it. Keep smiling. Otis lives. Sit, boo-boo, sit. Good dog. (laughs) Make you at ease. Gonna have a nice time to keep it to yourself.